on maynard.com.au. Hey you, don't you feed the birds, but give that dolphin as much as he likes. Bunga Bunga 67. Bunga Bunga 67, number 67? That's the voice of Tim Ferguson. And that is the voice of Maynard. Bunga 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 Oh, oh, sorry, I'm still on the bunga bone. Great to see you, Maynard. That will do, Maynard. Oh, and what a beautiful time we're having in Glorious wherever it is. That singing we just had reminds me of that great band Outline from 1980, Don't Knock the Bald Head. Bunga bunk, bunga bunk. Don't knock the bald head. Bungie, 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 South London, five of them, fantastic. You're not allowed to sing about that anymore. I was listening to Hair. Remember that musical Hair? In the 60s, it was woke. It was the woke of the 60s. Is that the one where they get naked? They get totally naked in the live show. If you haven't heard Hair, it's great. It's let the sunshine in. Stop the Vietnam War. It's got some great messages. But wait a second. What? What? It's what? It's what? Hang on. What did they say then? And what are the lyrics? Oh, my God. There's that song, Sodomy. When you go, okay, that's good. People had to say the word. Fellatio. I had to look that one up. I was only young, but I thought, yeah, that's good. We should sing about that. Carnalingus. Yeah, that's good. That's great. This is totally politically, absolutely justifiable and correct. Pederasty. Why do these words sound so nasty? Pederasty. Father, why do these words sound so nasty? Well, because one of them is pederasty, people. It just goes to show that whatever is woke today, Maynard, will not be woke tomorrow. There is a generation being born right now that's going to wake up and look at everything that we are complaining about on Twitter now and just say, man, you guys... It's John Denver on the phone. It is. Well, life on the farm is kind of laid back, ain't much an old country ball like me can't hack. The reviews for Bunga Bunga 66 last time were just a few people said a little bit above average was the best we got. A little bit above average. I cried when I read that. I was so touched. Normally we get could try harder. Yeah. Does not play well with others. I found it unfunny, ugly, predictable, and in one or two scenes, so disgusting. (laughs) That's normally what we get. So thank you so much, A, for listening, and hello to all the American audience we have now, which is great, but also to those people who know what average is. This is just the pits, as far as I'm concerned. And they stick with it. We're Australian. Average rules. Average rules. This man is to be pitied. On Bunga Bunga 67, you'll hear this. You'll hear that. Nothing to see here. Look at that. And Tim, what do you think we should hear? Well, I think you should hear this. But I don't think we should be listening to this sort of rubbish. It's time for Guru Maynard! (laughs) 
Bunga Bunga News. What's going on in the world of Tim? Well, I'm trying to write, Maynard, and as you can imagine, if you've ever tried to write anything, it's never any fun, particularly if it's funny. So I've been turning out every week the Ferguson Report at thenewdaily.com.au. So if you actually like reading about news, but you're too stingy or broke to pay for it, just get the New Daily. It's free. And if you look at your phone now or whatever you're listening to this on, you'll find a link to Tim Ferguson's fake news column, which was fresh every Friday. Fake news you can trust. It's fake, phony, fake. I love it. I love it. They get straight. And in the land of the Mad Club, we did a great 80s night at the Botany View Hotel. Had a great night. A lot of Duran Duran was played. A lot of Duran Duran. A lot of Duran Duran. Hello, is that Mr. Simon Le Bon? Hello, Maynard. Because I know you're a Wild Boys fan. Wild Boys never chose this way. Wild Boys never close your eyes. Wild Boys always. Hugely Wild Boys and those trench coats with shoulder pads. I mean, what else is going to look good in a winter's night? Bunga Bunga 67. Felipe Rose, the Indian from the village people, he's starting his own YouTube series. Up to YouTube series on YouTube? Yeah, I'm a bit confused. He's calling it a podcast, but it's coming out on YouTube, so it might be in both places. But Thank God I'm a country boy. Tim, there is big excitement in the disco world because of Felipe Rose's podcast. It's called The Disco Chronicles. The Chronicles of Disco? They had the first anti-disco riot. There was a baseball game going on and the, a radio station said, hey, bring your disco records along and we'll blow them up at half time. Not really thought this through. People were jumping the fence and everything to get there. They would bring their sister's disco record. They put them in the middle of the stadium, put them in a crate. Kaboom! Bits of vinyl went. What happens if you break a vinyl record? Imagine if you blow it up. You'd be showering the stands with bits of vinyl. And then, of course, it caught fire. The fans jumped out and they danced around all the burning disco records. And that was seen as the moment, I think it was 79, when everything turned against disco. And it's been taken to be a very homophobic rally by people. And so Felipe spoke to the guy who organised it and he said that wasn't the intention at all. Look, here he is saying that here. Welcome to the Disco Chronicles, hosted by yours truly, Felipe Rose. I am one of the original founding members of the Village People. On this show, this podcast, we will pull the curtains back on disco. In these politically correct times now, it's, it's become racist and homophobic. It never was. I don't know of anyone who was there. Uh, who thought that it was anything other than a fun, you know, let's go to the ballpark for a dollar, steal our sister's, uh, you know, Donna Summer album or whatever, and uh, we get high and maybe get sold racist, it's homophobic, and I'm like, no, it wasn't, and I don't know what else to say. I thought that was interesting. I think later on, the anti-disco movement had that homophobic thing going on. What do you think? Do you reckon that was that was that that's embedded in the disco sucks, or it was just it was just guys who couldn't dance? Well, yeah, guys who couldn't dance. Of course, you can actually get records, and records were available to learn disco moves. For example, this one here. Listen closely. Congratulations. By this time, you should have successfully gone through the first four dance steps in Let's Disco, and you're now ready to put them to music. We'll soon have you disco dancing with the best. So let's listen to the music, relax, and have fun. Good luck. And begin. Up together. Up together. 
Side together. Side together. Back together. And around to the front. So, turn the record over and let's disco. The Disco Chronicles you can subscribe for free on his YouTube channel, Felipe Rose, Indian Village People. Top guy, great guy. We should have him on the show. He's always up for a bit of a chat. Disco Chronicles, and you will learn something. Speaking of disco, Tim. We were. Boongin, 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 boongin. Saturday, the 29th of May is the next gig for the Mad Club. Miss Kate and myself will be doing the gig. We've played a great range of 80s stuff there. We're going to play a bit more 70s this time, but there will be mainly 80s stuff. Played some pig bag. Played some B-52s, Party Out of Bounds. That's a good track. That's from the Red Album, Private Idaho Album. is my favourite. Good on you, Tim. Any gigs coming up for you we can mention at this point? We'll be doing big shows in Sydney in September, big shows in Melbourne in June and July, and even going to the Townsville Fringe Festival because I care about everybody. And I'm still trying to get you along to the Bang Bang Betty Variety Show as well. Is that a metaphor? The Wild West Burlesque Show, the Bang Bang Betty Bandit Wild Wild Varmint Burlesque Show. I'm pretty damn sure I couldn't do any pole dancing at all. And you never could, Tim. I know there was a time you tried it, but you had a problem with the music. The music was your main issue, wasn't it? Yes, and it didn't pay as much as I thought it would. Wow. Nothing. Nothing at all. Although when people stick money into your underpants, it is a way of feeling cheap and expensive at the same time. And again, the music just wasn't right. It wasn't right. There was no bump. There was no grind. I'm too skinny to do pole dancing to the elephant march. Time to open the crank mail. Crank mail, crank mail, crank mail. Tim, seems to be some urination going on there. I've been trying to think of a new spin on this sound. Let's hear it one more time. And I've done everything I've done. It's Niagara Falls in the middle of winter. I've done It's the Queen. Are you sure it's not a cast member of 90210? I slept with one of those. Hey, hey, wait till you get a load of this. I can't remember which one. It wasn't Brenda, was it? (laughs) Which is the blonde one? The one that had the aerobics VHS. Jenny Garth. Jenny Garth. Everything happened all so fast, but I think she was a really nice person and we had a lovely time. But I've done so many explanations for what this twinkle is, but I think it's time I should come clean, Maynard. Come clean. Ferguson comes clean. It's me. You? It's me. See, the thing is, when you get multiple sclerosis, uh, one of the things that goes along with it is what they call urgency, bladder urgency, which is the way I live my life. Everything's always urgent. When you've got to go, you've got to go, and you've got to go right now. The Urgency of Ferguson, which would be a great name for one of your artworks, Tim. <laughs> Did Foreigner write the song about it? Urgent, urgent, you may be thinking, oh, oh, poor Tim, but don't worry. Urgency will get to you. If you live long enough, you'll be able to say, ah, oh, so this is what he's talking about. I don't need your pity. 
crank mail. Where you, the listener, or even someone we've never heard of before, sends us crank mail. Crank mail. From Ben Begley, our bus driver from the USA. That's right, he drives buses and he's in the United States of America and he's one of our favourite friends. You think you might have it tough as a bus driver here because, you know, the kids in the back will be making lots of noise. He has to deal with people who carry guns on the bus. The guns on the bus go round and round. The guns on the bus go round and round. Kids learn that from a very early age in Texas. Oh, I can't breathe. Ben Begley says, could you give a shout out to my good friend Tanya Smith from Kyneton, Victoria? Have you been to Kyneton? No, Kyneton's uh, in the middle of the state of Victoria. It's a beautiful, beautiful area. Everywhere's near Shepparton. If you think about it, all roads lead to Shepparton. Kyneton's beautiful area, great people, not like Gympie at all. If you've <laughs> ever been to Gympie, it really is Gympie. Tanya Smith, I hope you're recovering well because she's recently had a kidney out. I took a kidney out, kind of had a nice time afterwards. Well, we hope you're recovering well, Ben and Tim and myself. Wish you all the best, Tanya. But Ben also goes on to ask a question. Why is your club called the Mad Club? Well, it's M-A-D-D, and I've never understood that. What is that, Maynard? Well, it's not Mothers Against Drunk Driving, because we're kind of the opposite of that. When the Mad Club started in 1988, Dave Milton, who ran the... Piccadilly Hotel, he is from the UK and there was a club there called the Mud Club, M-U-D-D, and they had things like rowing machines and quite strange things. So as well as dancing, you could get up to some really weird stuff there. And he wanted something like that. He said, how about the Mad Club? And I went, that is my, what's that French for reason to be? Raison d'entourage? Yeah, that'll do. Yeah, on your general fosh. So it was called the Mad Club because of that. Copied after the Mud Club, but it was pretty mad as well. We used to blow things up and all sorts of things that you can't do in a nightclub anymore. And all we have now is a bubble machine and a lot of Duran Duran CDs. They still blow things up, but they're, they're inflatable. We lost the parrot on Saturday night. Everyone wanted to waltz with the parrot. The parrot was about two metres long, but people waltzed a bit hard with the parrot and it burst. <laughs> Watch out for hard waltzing. No one ever thinks to ask that. They just think, oh, that's just mad. That's how they got it. Thank you, Ben, for your question. Crank mail. Speaking of that, Tony Push, our magician who turns up at the Mad Club, he does the magic tissue paper trick. There's a magic tissue paper trick. Oh, yeah, he, he brings it alive. You'll think the paper towel has come to life. I've seen a lot of tricks with Kleenex, but not that one. Tony Push wants to know, should we use torches or just wait until it gets light? Uh, Fantastic. That is such a good question. I'm glad you Very asked existential. it. I've always held back from asking that in polite conversation because you know what people are like. They're easily offended. I'm going to withhold my answer for a moment. I would say get torches and get pitchforks while you're at it. That's what I was going to say. Get the torches and have them on all day. You have to go through a lot of batteries just in case anything happens like the rapture. That kind of stuff, you are always illuminated. Very good question, and I think that's the answer you wanted to hear, Tony. Crank mail! From Sky Boots. Heels or flats for attending an exhibition opening? If it's a fetish exhibition, definitely heels, but I think she's speaking more of an art world. Art world, well, you're going to have cheese, you're going to have wine... 
cask really, wine. Yeah, cask wine. Really, you can just go straight for the flats. Why would you wear high heels? The artworks are hung so that they are at human height. So once you elevate yourself, you're at the wrong height. Definitely go with flat heels. Crank mail. Dan, via Twitter from Slice Radio, it's a fairly big question, Tim. I don't know if we're even qualified to answer this one. He asks, castanets or maracas? Uh-oh, what's going to happen now? Talk about controversy. All I can say is you don't hear of the Mayan culture these days because there was a very big controversy in the Mayan period that tore their culture to pieces. Oh, it did. I believe that's the same reason why Lano and Woodley split up. They had that argument. Yeah, Duncan, the All-Stars, same thing. I've always been a Maracas guy. The cabasa is often overlooked. I've got to go Maracas. Maracas every time. It sounds exactly the same, but the word sounds better. Yeah, who wants to say, I'm just off to play my finger cymbals? That's right. Have a listen to Slice Radio. That's the sound of the Central West, and it's out of Orange, where a few of our Patreons are from as well. Have a listen to it. They're playing all sorts of stuff. Crank mail. Our first voicemail crank mail ever here on Bunga Bunga. From where? Where in the world? Uh, somewhere near Oregon. My name is Cletus. I live in Oregon in the northwestern United States, and we have a lot of forest area around here, and I'm concerned about Bigfoot attacks. Should I be worried, and what can I do about it? What is the best way to avoid a Bigfoot attack? Speaking as a guy who wears size 12 shoes, I find that the term Bigfoot, it makes me feel uncomfortable. I prefer large foot because that makes it more comparative to the smaller or what they say are normal feeded people. What was the question? What's the best way to avoid being attacked by Bigfoot? That's simple. Have light feet that can run fast. The trouble with having huge feet like people like me have is that we're not very fast when we go to catch you. So if you're in the woods and you get chased by a creature with large feet, just move very swiftly. Or move to New York. Bigfoot is real. There is a hulking creature that's living in those woods, as we've seen in the film Bigfoot. There's nothing to fear so long as you don't see it. Good cryptozoological advice from Tim Ferguson. Cryptozoological, you know it has to hurt. Crank mail! From Jessica, which superhero would make the best therapist? I was thinking the man from Atlantis because he doesn't do much, so he must be a good therapist. Ant-Man would be useful because you could keep Ant-Man in your ear all day so he could give you ongoing therapy about what to say at parties. Like, you know that thing where you walk away and go, ah, damn it, I should have said? If you had Ant-Man in your ear, you could have at least had a second opinion. Every superhero has a fatal flaw of some sort, don't they? Is there one superhero who is considered a nice person, all-round person? Is Wonder Woman someone you would want to talk? She's got the lasso of truth, so you couldn't lie to her in the therapy session. Man, if you can't lie to your therapist, who can you lie to? (laughs) I think Wonder Woman would be great. The thing about her, too, is that you would get super therapy because having someone with a superpower, they could give you super therapy. Their advice would be really, really good advice. Wonder Woman is our pick for therapist of the year. That wraps up the crank mail. It's cranked. 
If you've got any crank mail for us for Bunga Bunga 68, which is coming up next numerically, where would they get to us, Tim? Uh, <laughs> you could get Tim Ferguson on Twitter at Real Tim Ferguson. That's R E A L Tim Ferguson, spelt like Tim Ferguson. Or you can send us an email, maynard at maynard.com.au, or go to the best place of all is the Bunga Bunga Facebook page. Don't DM us and keep an eye out for when we're looking for comments for the next show and just put it in there like all those people have done. So thank you, everybody who has contributed. Contributed to our crank mail. There are some who call me Tim. Time to go back into history. Hop into the Tim Tunnel. That's Time Tunnel with the E crossed out badly with red paint. Tim's historical hypothetical, where we put Tim Ferguson into a place in Australian history and ask him, so what would you have done, smartass? I'm not ready. I didn't even have pants on. The place, Canberra. Canberra, Australia? That's right. The date, Monday the 19th of August, 1996. Ah, the date of the great insurrection of Canberra. That's right. We were years ahead of the Americans. This was the day, the most violent demonstration ever seen in Australia. And that's saying something because they can get wound up in Canberra, can't they? Do they really mean that? Wasn't there something terrible on the gold fields of Ballarat? People died there. And also, wasn't there a thing called Eureka? So this is the first year that John Howard had come to power. He came to power on the 2nd of March, Saturday the 2nd of March, 1996. And on Monday, the 19th of August, thousands of unionists, students and Aboriginal activists stormed the Parliament House. Protesters used a metal pylon as a battering ram to break down the doors of the building and looted the Parliament House gift shop, causing an estimated $200,000 in damage. More than 200 federal police were called. You think they might have been there in the first place? Because there was a protest with 30,000 people at Parliament House against the upcoming anti-union laws that that they actually did get passed by the Howard government. Tim? Kim Beasley was there. The ACTU president, Jenny George, was there. What do you think you would have done? If you were there, how would you have stopped the violence or how would you have made the violence somehow better, Tim? How much did they do in damage? $200,000 $200,000 in 1996. I reckon that'd be at least $350,000 in our money now, maybe more. So 30,000 people, $200,000 of damage. That means every individual in that much only created less than $7 worth of damage. Australia, when it comes to the most violent insurrection in our history, You've got to say it's pretty piss weak. So if I'd been there... Well, well, hang on. There were 49 arrests and 60 police and protesters required medical treatment. So there was a hubbub of some sort going on. Did they need the metal pile? Could they have used Kim Beasley to batter down that door? My mother used to say to me that when you get to her age, the things you care about most are your feet and your teeth. John Howard doesn't care about either. Definitely would have used Kim Beasley. And, of course, if I had been there, I would have worn some kind of shaman costume. I think a terrifying wallaby would have really gained me a lot of credibility. The terrifying wallaby, that would be the photograph that people would still always show, as they will with that stupid shaman. And what would you have looted from the Parliament House gift shop? It's all there, Tim. Anything you want. Would you have hate to taken the John Howe tea towel? What would you have taken? I would have taken the pen where if you turn it upside down, Kim Beasley's pants come off. 
I want the job of Prime Minister and I'm applying for it. Some places, the cross under the counter, they got them, if you ask for them still, even to this very day. You would think that 30,000 people with a gift shop would be able to create more damage in terms of theft. Just goes to show what cheap bargains there were in that gift shop. You don't see it very often. That's a faux gift shop, I reckon. That's there. So anybody comes in, oh, look at that. Oh, look, oh, they've got teaspoons with opals at the top. And, of course, Amanda Vanstone. If they were going to do it right, it would be a day that all Australians remember as opposed to have to look up in a very thick book of (laughs) Australian trivia. Well, what would you have been saying as you went through the door there? Forward, forward, to the left, and leave a pen for me. Train Australians how to use the internet. That's Tim Ferguson's... Historical hypothetical, giving the wrong answer, even in a multiple choice. That's the best way to do it. He still has the energy for bunga bunga. It's all fun and games until someone loses an election. Tim Ferguson in the announcement booth to tell you it's... What's in Maynard's bug out bag? Thank you, voice artist Tim Ferguson. And I have heard you describe... He's such a voice artist, I've heard people say. I think that's what they Well, they were driving past in a Tirana when they said it, so I couldn't really tell. The bug-out bag, of course, that's something you take with you and you always have ready next to your bed, under your bed, got some sort of revolver loaded, a false passport, and something you're going to need while you're on the run or you're at least caught halfway out the the window with your... The thoughts of Maynard are not necessarily those of Bunga Bunga. (laughs) You'd have to take this. Am I Dreaming? 80 Brit Girl Sounds of the 60s. It's a three-CD set. As you know, I've had the 70s Brit sound here, and this is a 60s Brit sound. Because those songs were so short, there's 30 songs on each CD. Get the idea across and on to the next track. A lot of them are on unusual labels, like the Pi label, P-Y-E. Yeah, my parents had a lot of those. They got lost in the mists of time. On this CD, you'll be able to hear Jan Dalton doing Your Nose Is Gonna Grow. The cookie man will get you. Your nose is going to grow, whoa, whoa, whoa. Cheryl St. Clair doing that party favourite, My Heart's Not In It. Why is that a favourite at parties? A tune as modern as tomorrow, the carols doing We're In This Thing Together. All of the carols in the one thing together. Scylla Black doing Love is Like a Heat Wave. Great version of that. Scylla Black, amazing woman. Val and the V's doing Do It Again, just a little bit slower. Can we play that, Tim? Let's have a listen to that. I just can't stand it when it's Just a little bit slower. Can we hear that again? Just a little bit slower. Just a little bit slower. Of course, there are some names you'd recognise, but not from the 60s. Maxine Nightingale's on there doing a version of Spinning Wheel.
Tina Charles, who must have been about three years old, doing Rich Girl. You be a, a rich girl, you be a rich girl, you'll have a house of your own. Hey! Great collection of songs you haven't heard from the 60s. Am I dreaming 80 Brit girl sounds of the 60s, Tim? Golden time of female artists. And that's in my bug out bag as I'm going out the window, trying not to cork my thigh. Don't cork your thigh. Time now to put down the frivolousness that has marked this show. This show has just been marked with frivolousness. Gee, it's hard to swallow when you're lying down. Put down your finger symbols and pick up your glasses and go, hmm. What a beautiful man. As Tim Ferguson tells you which way is up, Tim Ferguson's right reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. I think up is is that way. Oh, yeah, it is. Home Affairs Secretary Mike Pizzullo, who is a public servant, has declared that Australia cannot avoid what he calls the drums of war. The drums of war. Who knows who he's talking about going to war with? The war on poverty? The war on carpet? It's the war on common sense. He's talking about Australia as if anybody ever trembled in their socks and went, Oh no, the Australians are coming. They'll have a submarine in two years. Then we'll show them. The idea, having just spent 20 years in Afghanistan, getting it tidied up to hand back to the Taliban, that Australians should be somehow ginnied up by Peter Dutton and Mike Pizzullo to get ready for another war with what could only be the world's biggest ever superpower does seem a little bit ahead of itself. Drums of war are terrifying, but no more terrifying than a bass guitar solo. And what are we going to provide in the band? I mean, we're going to play the triangle. Jesus, God, Australia. Can we not find our own identity in the world without having to fight someone else's wars? Peace. Peace. Love. And happiness. Sodomy. Fellatio. Cunnilingus. But stop it there. Tim Ferguson's right reply to a question nobody asked. Don't expect too much. I feel flushed after that, Tim, flushed. Well, and I'd like to thank Tim Brooke Taylor for the inspirational music we played in the background. It'll do, that's for sure. Well, it's certainly better than this. Yeah. And this music never got an army marching. By the way, Tim, on Saturday night, I did play Good News Doing, that song Australia that we use. People were dancing to it. Thank you, really. Oh, yeah, it's a great song. But at last, people recognise that the song has a lot of energy and it's sung by people who've never been to Australia, but they like the sound of the word. And it doesn't mention Perth, but does take the time specifically to mention Adelaide twice. And mentions kangaroos.
song. We're on our way to a bit of Silla Black here because it's time to get down with the sound of black. What an amazing woman. What a golden time, including hairdos. Please, if you want to be a patron of the show, all of the musical sets that we do at these, all the Mad Club is available to the Patreons. The Patreons have got four hours or more there from the set the other night to have a listen to. It's patreon.com slash Maynard. Join up and you too can have Patreon pandering at your very door. And if you have any questions about of any kind, you can always get a hold of me, cheekymonkeycomedy.com, where you can buy a one-on-one where I will coach you. There's no one who can tell you how better to live your life. It's Tim Ferguson. Just take a look at him. Look at me. Look at the end of this show. It's been Bunga Bunga 67. Myself, Maynard. And myself, Tim Ferguson. As we dance off into the sunset, see you in Bunga Bunga 68. Who knows when? It'll be soon. But not now. Bunga Bunga. Have you fed the dolphin, Tim? Yeah, there he goes. Well, I'm here to tell you. And that's what disability toilets are for. I'm a guy in a wheelchair, but I will wait if yes, I know that's I, what's happening. I have happened. to thank the disabled community of Australia for all those great disabled toilets over the decades. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. That's the other reason they are there. Changing stations as well. Oh, yeah. Changing stations. Very good. <laughs> On Maynard.com.au. You. Bryson and Hugh. Everything digital.